Now here's former Hollywood actress Tina Griffin back with more behind the scenes info on the Counterculture Mom Show. Hey everybody, Tina Griffin here. Counterculture Mom Show is what you're tuning into at the moment and we are talking about Hollywood, a behind the scenes look at how pop culture is influencing the masses. And I just met my clone in male version. Please welcome Scotty Mayer to the program today. Scotty, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing great. How are you, Tina? I'm doing great. Now, for those people tuning in via video, you might notice a little bit of delay on the video. Don't let that stop you. His content is killer. Um, Scotty, you're a speaker director for Little Light Studios. How in the world did we not meet when we both lived in Hollywood? Pretty much the exact same years. Um, it, it would have encouraged both of us, but I'm very excited to dig in deep on the dirt you discovered. But can you take us a little bit before that from high school student, then you went to college, you wanted to get immersed in film and TV because uh, you wanted to use your talents to glorify God. And then you birthed an amazing project that I want everybody to know about. It is called Battlefield Hollywood. Take us through that journey and how you landed up to where you are today. So I grew up um, in a little small town in Northern California, um, grew up a Christian, so um, definitely had a lot of exposure to the Bible and biblical things growing up. And when I went to college, um, I had an interest in film. My parents actually, uh, I wasn't uh, around a lot of movies and television as, kid, as a kid. I played outdoors a lot. I mean, that was my childhood outside. Mm -hmm. But when I got to college, there was some film studies um, um, classes that were being offered. And so I ended up taking them. And it was a small uh, little film studies. Harrison Ford's brother was actually kind of the one headlining teacher. So he uh, he took us out to Lucas's studios. I got to watch some real movies being made. And I was bit by the bug. <laughs> so at age 19, I actually ended up straight into Los Angeles. And um, I only had a few contacts down there. So I... Uh, my friends were actually actors, and so I hung out with them, and I said, oh, my goodness, like, that looks like fun. So I got an agent, ended up trying to jump into that whole acting world, and uh, just got lost, like sidetracked, caught up in the wrong crowds, uh, the nightlife, and uh, lost my way. And uh, God did not leave me alone, you know? He <laughs> kept kind of reaching me, and so after, after sort of Thumbing around in different uh, uh, aspects of the entertainment industry. I worked in television and, and ended up working as a cameraman. Um, so can you take us, man, I can just totally resonate. I'm surprised we didn't meet at a dance club, honestly. If you were working the bartending <laughs> job and I was there because that's how I burned off calories. I, I didn't go to the dangerous clubs, you know, the, <laughs> I won't get into all that. But I did go out to dance. I love dancing with my girlfriends, 80 clubs, all that. We could probably rattle off 10 spots right now. You're like, oh, yeah, I remember Miyagi's. And uh, there was like that Irish oh, club. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There, uh, all, you know, <laughs> when you're in Hollywood, it's yeah. not that big. There might have been 16, 20 million people, but still it seemed like everyone knew everyone. But take us from the right. time where you were right. bartending to all of a sudden being asked to speak at a youth rally. How did that happen? How did that person find you to come speak? Because really that was your turning point from... Christian kid, Hollywood, down the tubes, and all of a sudden asked to come speak, and now you're back on track with God. How did that connection happen? My brother, um, he's a year and a half older than I am. He also worked in television. He moved to Hollywood about the same time I did. He, he jumped on The Amazing Race. Uh, a lot of, He did what they call specialty cam. Okay. And his 10-year high school reunion came up where he... Uh, he um, asked me to go with him. And that was back up at our old hometown, which I hadn't been in 10 years. 
And it was at a Christian um, uh, school that we had attended, and I didn't want to go. But uh, I decided to go with him. I wasn't friends with anyone in his class. And I had a crazy conversion story at that, at that experience. Um, I saw some supernatural stuff. A friend of mine who was a mess growing up, he came up to us at the, at the little weekend and he said, Hey, man, how's your relationship with Jesus? And at this point, I had zero relationship with Jesus. Wow. So I went back over to his house that night and, and had this crazy kind of experience. And then he, he said, Can I pray with you? And there was this little nutcracker that was sitting on the counter of his table. And as we bent down to pray, um, the hat on the nutcracker came off and smashed against the wall. Like there was no one else in the room. And that freaked me out. You just gave me chills, man. So I went down back down to Los Angeles thinking just like, what am I doing? I was raised a Christian. I understand there's a war between God and Satan. And here it is being played out. And I could care less. I'm totally on drugs in the middle of this city. And so that started me really just saying, God, I know you're real. Show me, show me. And all of a sudden it was just like supernatural event after supernatural event. People would just show up randomly. Guy knocked on my door who, who asked me this question up in Northern California. And he said, Hey, I want to come and stay with you in Los Angeles. And, and, um, we started having Bible studies and I started kind of getting my relationship back with God. And so it was really through that experience. And then I started dating a girl from my childhood, actually. And um, I was visiting her parents back up in the Northern California area. And uh, that's when I saw uh, the youth pastor. And that's when he asked me to come and share my experience. So it was kind of this like chain of events that brought it to that point. But um, once I once I sat down and said, OK, God, is this what you want? Then all of a sudden it's like the doors just kind of opened. Absolutely. Blue wide open. See, I knew there was some dirt you needed to share. I had no idea I was going to ask that question. God obviously wanted to get your attention and you were in the world you were in in Hollywood to see what it was like so you can be relatable to so many other people. This is fantastic. Give us a quick glimpse. You then spoke at this youth rally. Your life was changed. You found your mission and purpose in life. I know you and I have very similar stories to that. You then created a really sweet basically documentary, it looks like here, a DVD set called Battlefield Hollywood. Everybody's got to get their hands on it. I have not seen it yet. Personally, I have to twist your arm to get a copy because it's like, why should I create one if you already have one made? Explain to everybody what this is and why they need to get their hands on it. So this is actually a culmination of 10 years worth of work, and it's actually nine documentaries. So there's an incredible amount of information in this series here. Um, And uh, when I got asked to speak at that youth rally, I was a big fan of movies. Uh, I collected them. I watched them sometimes 20, 30 times in a row. And uh, I I was very pro Hollywood. I mean, if I I wasn't, it was never my intent to speak anything against Hollywood. Uh, That's not what I would have done. I said, Lord, what do you want me to say? And um, there was a movie back in the early 2000s called Fight Club. And uh, that was with Brad Pitt and Edward Norton. And in the middle of that movie, there was a scene where Brad Pitt slaps Edward Norton. He says, you got to consider the possibility that God does not like you. In fact, God hates you. We don't need God. We don't need redemption. We don't need salvation. And he says this whole monologue about how much God hates me. And I said, you know what? I've watched this movie 20 times. I mean, I could quote you the whole movie. And I said, how is it possible that I grew up in Christianity and, and here I would watch something like this, but I didn't recognize it. 
So from that point, we went and traveled around the U.S. and um, we started interviewing neurologists, doctors, scientists. I would email people from my personal email, didn't, didn't let them know what I was working on because I wanted the straight science. What's going on inside the brain when you watch TV? And once I understood how the brain works, it's like a computer, right? You put information yes. in front of it and it's like it can't process it all at, at one time. So what happens is it opens up your limbic system you watch that on your on your emotional system, but your frontal lobe, which is your thinking, moral, pro, uh, problem solving part of your brain, the prefrontal it does not cortex think through your prefrontal cortex is shut yes. down literally. Yep. And so when I understood that, I kind of like started looking into the advertising industry, and they understand how the brain works. They use it. They exploit that system to be able to sell you products, and they use hypnosis and psychology and all those. And so at that point, once I said, okay, this is a powerful tool, what if there really is a war between God and Satan? How is he using it in the movies? And once I started watching the movies that I loved, Batman, Superman, you name it, all the, all the common movies that everybody watches, it was like all of a sudden I just saw this, this is just flipping the gospel upside down and it's just making the good character the evil character and the, and the evil character is like God and, and I was just popping out all over the page. So I would say that the most um, powerful understanding from the media conversation is really how the brain works. That's, that's the one we co did called pseudology. It really talks about the advertising industry and the science behind what happens in the brain. So from there, we, we dove into like uh, the superhero topic. I was big into superheroes. I loved Superman. I loved Batman. And so we, we said, let's look at where did these come from? And they all come from Greek and Roman gods. And so if you have a Christian perspective and you understand things like the Ten Commandments, where the first commandment is have no other gods before you, here is, is a whole entire culture of other gods. And people follow these like they're gods. And um, so the writers and directors, they all talk about it like that. And so we put a, together a documentary that really shows where that comes from and, and why is that important in, in a sort of a, in a Christian sense. And then people, as we would share these documentaries, they would say, okay, well, we don't watch all these super evil things, but my kids watch all these cartoons. And for the longest time, I didn't grow up with Disney. So I wasn't, I didn't grow up with princess movies and all that kind of stuff. But of course I knew what they were, sure. but um, I, I did just didn't have a lot of that in my upbringing. So, so when the question kind of kept being raised, what about these Disney movies? Um, I actually worked on a project with my older brother and we came into a hotel um, we were working in 11 different cities all over the U.S. And the hotel that we walked into, um, it was a nice hotel. It had a, um, a DVD on the ground called Mulan sitting on the floor in the hotel room. And so my brother and I were like, when have you ever walked into a hotel room and seen the DVD just laying on the floor? Never. And so my brother goes, let's watch it. Let's see what, let's see what it's like. And I said, no, I'm going to bed. And he stayed up and watched it. And when we woke up in the morning, he said, I know what Disney's doing. Their whole central theme is to not follow the rules, to follow your heart instead of the rules. And once I started kind of really going, okay, well, let's see if that's consistent in all the other ones, like Cinderella and all those. It's the same message. Don't follow the rules, follow your heart. Don't follow the rules, follow your heart. Absolutely. And in the Christian sense... 
that doesn't work. You can't follow your heart. Like what Jeremiah says, you know, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? So um, uh, we kind of really put together these projects specifically thinking about entertainment as a whole and how does that really impact or influence your life. And so that's what all these are about. Magic Kingdom was a project that we did on Disney. There's a lot of spiritualism that's taught to children and a lot of concepts that are very contrary to the Bible. And so that project, Magic Kingdom, really kind of dove into the bottom of that and uh, is a powerful series as well. There are reasons why the Bible says very strongly to have nothing to do with with speaking to the dead and, and all of these concepts. So this leads me into this next key question for you, sir. Kids idolize Hollywood celebrities major. They go to their concerts. They have tattoos with their names on them. They dress the same. They watch their TikTok videos. They put the posters up on the wall. My worry for the last couple of decades is what are these actors promoting and teaching to our kids? I want your comments right after we watch this killer one minute clip off your YouTube channel. Parents, check this out. This is who our millions of children in America are following on a daily basis on social media, the internet, movies, you name it. She lets us know exactly who is her God now. I want you to know that no one had less to do with this award than Jesus. He didn't help me a bit. So all I can say is, suck it, Jesus, this award is my God now. You see, a lot of these celebrities are very aware of the fact that they are treated like gods. Well, this year, uh, and I'm I'm thankful to the Oscar gods. Always an incredible honor. The, the other names of the gentlemen are all gods as far as, a, as far as a category concerned. It's very interesting when you look up where the word Oscar actually comes from. It's Scandinavian and Old English in its origin, and it means divine strength or divine spear. Divine, of course, means of, from, or like a god, and a spear is a weapon. Is it possible, brothers and sisters, that Satan is using these celebrities and movies as godlike weapons against us? Absolutely is possible. It's exactly what they're doing. Thoughts on your own video. What do you think is going on here? Well, it's very interesting because you played a clip from a video where we were discussing how similar Hollywood is to Babylon. And if you actually go to the Oscars, you know, that whole place there that they built at the Hollywood and Highlands has those elephants that are sitting over there. That's from the 1912 movie, The Tolerance, which is a recreation of Babylon. There's a plaque on the wall right there that says this is the Babylonian court. And so they're not hiding the fact that this is like literally spiritualism. This is the this is Babylon and it's being handed to this generation to follow them like like that video said, like as gods. And so I think we are in danger of constantly following after. We're looking for something to follow. We are sheep, right? We're looking for that shepherd. And they are placing their celebrities, their heroes, their people for us. And and we are monkey see, monkey do. We repeat what we see. Absolutely. And if you got only 4% of young children today, according to George Barna, believing that there is a God and have placed their faith in Christ, we are in deep doo-doo people. If we allow Keisha and Lady Gaga and Tom Hanks to be our role models, we need to be very careful who our kids idolize and and honor and follow. And if our kids don't know scripture, but they know what's going on on TikTok, a Chinese-owned app, by the way, with celebrities saying they're demon-possessed like Sasha Fierce in Beyonce, 
we've got major issues. So thank you for blowing this wide open for all of us. Our kids are now growing up with an ever-increasing dependency on media. Is there any hope for our children, Scotty? I believe so. But I think as parents, we do have to work extra hard to create environments where it's not centered around media. I have children. And so I found that, you know, they just want to hang out with the parents. They really do. And so I try to center activities that have nothing to do with media. My, my kids don't sit around and play video games. And, and, and they do. I let them watch certain things, but I'm very, very um, much involved in what it is that they're watching. That's awesome that you detect your children. I actually want some of your tips as counterculture mom. What are some things you do with your kids on a daily basis, something that's non-tech related? There's so many activities. I mean, going outside and and riding a bike. I mean, people, it's funny, they go, well, you know, if they don't watch movies, what are they going to do? <laughs> but I mean, there's, there's throw a ball with them, play sports, build something. Um, I try to do art projects with my kids. And there's so many different things that get you closely connected to your children than sitting them in front of a digital babysitter where you're not even communicating with them. That's exactly how I feel. And there's sometimes you just do need a break and the kids can watch a clean movie. You've got the awesome DVDs. Parents, another reminder again, please download our Counterculture Mom app and get premium because we have hundreds of positive educational DVDs, movies, video games, magazines for your kids that are positive and many non-tech examples of things you can do with your kids on our blog at the counterculturemom.com website. So I agree with you wholly. You made a comment earlier that you were engaged with them while they are watching film TV shows. What does that all look like? What I do is I try to get my kids to really engage and be thinking about certain things and not just let the information go in and sit there with nothing being addressed. Um, So if there's something that's different than my belief system that was said, I'll stop, I'll engage with them, and I'll say, is that really what you believe? And my kids will be like, no. So I'm training them to make decisions because if you just take away the TV, your kids at some point in their life are going to be exposed to it, and then they don't know how to handle it. So my job as a parent is how do I get my kids on their feet, and how do I get them to make proper, wise, biblical decisions as fast as possible because there's going to be a time when they're not underneath my roof and I want them to be able to make those proper decisions. Scotty, you are officially my male twin. (laughs) I am not joking. I feel like if I can't speak somewhere, you're filling in my spots. All I got to say, geez, Louise, are you talking my language? Um, You said a key word a couple minutes ago, and it was the word pause. Parents, if you are watching entertainment with your kids and you hear something that goes contradictory to the scripture, pause it, pause it, talk to your kids. I think that's excellent day. Uh, Awesome advice. What about video games and their impact upon kids spiritually? So I think everyone has to recognize that video games tap into a part of our psychology that's a lot like gambling. There's a reason why there's little numbers in the corner of the of the screen that are like millions of points and you're getting these rewards and things, right? You have to recognize that the system that's being exploited is often the same system that's exploited during gambling. I've played, you know, with Wii Tennis or something, you know, and had a wonderful time with friends. But if you're engaging with that four hours out of the day, every single day, then there's probably something better you could have done with your time. 
But the, the bigger problem, I believe, is what kind of content are you playing? It matters what kind of a video game your kids are playing. If they're, if they're killing each other, stealing things, playing Grand Theft Auto, being hoodlums, then that's probably not the best use of your time. You have to recognize that these things can be very addicting. And they can also lead to greater and greater problems down the road. I don't play with video games with them at all. I just would rather than not. So I try to engage with them out side of that whole video game world. I'm um, Scotty, you're fantastic. So I have to ask for all the people wondering going like this, what are your thoughts on Minecraft? You know, Minecraft has some some decent things about it. Um, the aspect of building, you can engage with people. I have actually some friends that um, built their own environments in Minecraft and the parent told his child, I'll let you play Minecraft if you build an environment. And when people come in, he rebuilt the whole Jewish sanctuary. And he said, you know, as people come into your environment, if you're teaching them about the sanctuary or about the Bible messages that can come out of that, then I'll let you play it. And this little boy, he was like nine years old, is now giving Bible studies literally to people just engaging with him over the Internet. But at the same time, remember, there are modes of that that can be adding spiritualism into there. And so as a parent, you can't just let your kid play whatever and you check out and go do something else. Engage with your kid, get involved with them, and then and then help them be able to make decisions. If you see something that's biblically not right, how do you make a decision to either walk away or change what you're doing? And that's, I think, the greatest thing that you can do for your kids. Absolutely, because every little piece adds up. I also want to make note uh, for people, I have talked about this in the past, I would highly advise the kids not go to YouTube and search Minecraft. They're going to find sex mods that are in there with graphic content, basically. And a lot of kids have blown up my phone, our social media saying, guess what I found when I searched on YouTube? Minecraft. So yep. it is dangerous in that regards. So Scotty, our time is coming to a close. I, I seriously might cry on this one. Where's my Kleenex here? Because I could talk to you all day long on these on these subjects. So Scotty, before we close, I definitely want people to check out your website, which is littlelightstudios.tv. Littlelightstudios.tv. Tell us a little bit about where they can get your goods and how we can donate towards your mission. People, donate to Scotty's mission. Praise God. We we I really have a passion to get this information out and we want to put it out as free as possible so that we really lean on YouTube. Um, if you want to check out some of our messages that we put out, um, we have hundreds of videos on YouTube. Just search this little light studios on YouTube. You'll see a little uh, image of a, of a light bulb, kind of like the one behind me over here. And um, on our website, we have a lot of documentaries that we don't have on YouTube. We also sell t-shirts kind of like the one I'm wearing right now it says led by the spirit. Um, we have a really p- a big passion for people to share their faith. And so a simple thing like a T-shirt can start a conversation. We would be more than happy to partner up with you guys. And um, we got to put out as much as content as we can for the young people for free. So um, keep us in your prayers. Absolutely. Definitely. And on their website, guys, at the very bottom, if you scroll to the bottom of littlelightstudios.tv, you can sign up for the newsletter. Get it. Sign up for the newsletter. Stay in the in the know. There's a, a simple tab called Donate Now at the very top. Go ahead and click on Donate and give to this awesome cause. Scotty, you're amazing. I definitely will be coming down to Chattanooga and teaming up with you in some way. I already have my brain rolling with 10 projects. 
Everybody out there, check out Scotty's website, littlelightstudios.tv. Get your hands on his DVDs he talked about earlier about how the brain works, uh, how commercials and advertising, they know how to get in your brain and work with your prefrontal cortex, get kids addicted to products and services and messages, and we're not even aware of it. So let's get knowledgeable and educated on that through Scotty's Goods and then share it with as many people as possible. Everybody out there, there's also an affiliate program you set up for us, Scotty. Can you explain that to us? Yeah, so we, we got a little link, Counterculture, um, and you can type that into uh, our um, our store and you get 25% off. And so we just wanted to give back to you because you're doing the exact same thing that we're doing. Absolutely. So people tune in. Everybody loves a deal here on our on our show. 25% off. Battlefield Hollywood section of the store. Check it out to get that discount. Just put the words counterculture, no spaces, counterculture going against the grain people like these fish going upstream. Okay. Mm -hmm. In the checkout before you purchase. Thank you, Scotty, so much for everything you said today. Very, very informative. Everybody check out the helpful links like always surrounding the show notes. If it's a podcast, a video, wherever it is, Share this program with the masses. People must know what is going on in pop culture, media, and where to get the positive entertainment options. Scotty, since you're in filmmaking, you were a cameraman for years, basically an undercover FBI agent right now, right next to me in entertainment. I've got a couple words for you, buddy. Let's keep rewriting Hollywood script for our kids. Have at it, Scotty. Awesome. Thank you, Tina. You got it. Thank you. Have a great day. Guys, tune in. Share this video. Go out there and make a difference. And make sure your kids only listen to positive pop culture, media, and pray for the celebrities. Pray for them. Get ready for part two of the Counterculture Mom Show right after this short commercial break. People don't know that the Federal Reserve and IRS are privately owned, turning people into debt slaves. Why do the rich get richer and the poor get poorer? Wealthy people know the laws that govern money. That is why Right On Radio started an online school teaching how to create wealth through stewardship. Learn the three simple secrets of the elite that have worked for centuries. Visit rightonyou.podia.com. That's rightonthelettereu.podia, spelled P-O-D-I-A.com. Start creating wealth today. Save 40% by using promo code TINA. 